has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, all are summed up in this saying, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of all the law. You know, I'm one of those people that is quick to say I love you. And when I tell you that I love you, I really mean it. Amen? But there are some people that you really can't tell. They may say it, but they don't show it. There may be some people where you really wonder, do they really mean it? But I want to ask you this. How many times do you recall in the Bible where Jesus actually said to somebody, I love you? Can anybody recall any particular time where Jesus said to someone, I love you? The reason you can't think of one is because he didn't. Now, he said many things that uh, gave that implication, but... I wondered, why didn't Jesus just come on out and say to people, man, I love you. I love you. The reason why he didn't is because Jesus chooses to show his love rather than just to say, I love you. I mean, is there anything worse than fake love? You know the kind of love I'm talking about, don't you? The love that says, oh, I love you, I love you, I love you, but it doesn't show it. Is there anything worse than an insincere love, that love that's counterfeit, that's not backed up in actions? Well, if anybody ever proved their love for others, it was Jesus. Every time that Jesus washed feet, every time Jesus fed disciples, every time Jesus taught people the word of God, he was demonstrating his love for other people. Whether he was serving, ministering, healing, preaching, he was showing love to other people. And of course, the greatest demonstration of love occurred on a cross like this one, where he didn't say, I love you. But he showed every one of us God's great love for people. If you want to know how to love somebody, if you want to know how to love people, then just read about the life of Jesus. If all the people in the world would just look to Jesus, they would know what real love is. And they would know how to show it. In our verses today, Paul tells us as believers how to know if love is sincere. How to know if love is real. How to know if love is authentic. How to know if love is the real deal or not. If you would, turn with me to page 1009 in the Bibles in front of you. 
And in Romans chapter 12, I want to share with you what, again, Paul wrote to the Roman believers. In verse 9 of chapter 12 in Romans, he said, Let love be without hypocrisy. Don't have a hypocritical love. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Distributing to the needs of the saints given to hospitality. The first way that I think Paul shows us how you can know if love is the real deal, if love is sincere, is love hates evil. Love hates evil. There in verse 9, he wrote, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. That is, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to that which is good. You see, there is both a bad hatred in the world today and there is a good hatred in the world today. One of the worst cases of bad hatred ever was actually written in a will in 1935 by a man named Mr. Donahue. Mr. Donahue wrote in his will, he said, to my two daughters, Frances Marie and Denise Victoria, by reason of their bad attitude toward their doting father, I leave the sum of one dollar and a father's curse. May their lives be wrought with misery, unhappiness, and sorrow. May their deaths be soon and of a lingering, malignant, and torturous nature. May their souls rest in hell and suffer torment for all eternity. Can you imagine such hatred from a father to his own daughter? Friends, this is not the kind of hatred that we should have for anyone. This father hated his daughters for what reason we don't know. But it was probably because he had a corrupt heart. In Matthew chapter 12, Jesus said, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. In other words, what you got down here comes out right here. Amen? What you got right here comes out right here. Amen? And he goes on to say the good man brings forth good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings forth evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. What's stored up right here comes out right here. If a person goes around hating people, hating people in general you can be assured that that, that person has got a real heart problem. A major heart problem. But the kind of hatred that Paul's talking about here in verse 9 in Romans is the kind of hatred for all evil that we find in this world. On September 11, 2012, 52-year-old Chris Stevens 
our ambassador to Libya, was brutally murdered as the consulate in Libya was attacked by Islamic terrorists. Now, I don't know about you, but that made me angry. The events at the World Trade Center on 9-11 made me angry. Think about it. Thousands upon thousands of Americans lost their lives. Thousands upon thousands of families were affected by these acts of terrorism. That made me mad. On December the 14th, 2012, 20 children ages 6 and 7 and 6 adults were brutally murdered at the Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown, Connecticut. I don't know about you, but that made me mad. It seems like every day we read in the paper about police officers being ambushed and killed. Man, that makes me angry. And now I want to give you a little more fuel for that angry fire. Child abuse in America. Every year, there are 3.3 million reports of child abuse in America that affects some 6 million children. The United States has the single worst record of any industrialized nation when it comes to child abuse. The United States loses five children every day to abuse-related deaths. The United States has a report of child abuse Every 10 seconds. And approximately 80% of the children that die are under the age of four. Happening right here in America. Does that make you angry? It should. See, if we love the good that we enjoy in this world, then we should also hate the evil that we witness in this world. And if you hate evil enough, you're going to do something about it. That's one of the reasons why we support Safe Place. That's another reason why we support Show Save a Life. We are determined that we are going to do something about domestic violence. And so we're going to support them financially. And last year, we gave them $2,088 just to Safe Place. And what's really cool is $700 of that came $1 at a time. Show Save a Life. We are so determined that abortion is evil that we are going to support Show Save a Life to try to reverse that trend in America and stop the evil. Once again, $2,088 you gave to Show Save a Life, $700 of which came $1 at a time. So I say that to say, great job, but we still have much work to do, amen? If you hate evil enough, you're going to do something about it. 
So I'm not going to sit up here and preach about all the evil in the world unless I'm willing to lead you to do something about it. Amen? So let's be aware of that. Sir Edmund Burke once said, All that's necessary for evil to triumph in our world is for good men to do nothing. We're not going to do nothing. We're going to do something. Amen. So, you want to know if our love is sincere, if our love for God is sincere? Love hates evil. But love, sincere love, also honors others. Look there in verse 10. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourself. Let me ask you this. When was the last time you honored somebody? That you told them, man, you are so honorable. I honor you today. Lee Iacocca has been declared the 18th greatest CEO of all time. Many of you may know him, some of you may not, but Lee Iacocca was the man, the CEO, that brought Chrysler Motor Corporation out of bankruptcy and basically revived that corporation. Lee Iacocca was one, had once asked legendary football coach Vince Lombardi, how do you build a winning team? How do you build a winning team? Here's what Vince Lombardi said. He said, you know, there are a lot of coaches... With a lot of good ball clubs out there, they know the fundamentals and they have plenty of discipline, but they still don't win any games. Winning requires a third ingredient. Winning requires something else. Winning, if you're going to play together, if you're going to work together, then you've got to care for one another. You've got to love one another or you're never going to win. Each player has got to be thinking about the next guy. Each co-worker has got to be thinking about the next guy and saying to himself this, if I don't block that man, the one I love may get his legs broken. So what's going to do? What's going to happen? I've got to do my job well so you can do your job well. In the church, in a healthy church, Christians learn to love one another. You learn to do your job well so I can do my job well. I try to do my job well so you can do your job well. We have to care for one another. And this comes straight from the mouth of the Lord Jesus. In John 15, he said, this is my commandment that you love one another. How much as I have loved you? How much did Jesus love you? He gave his life for you. Amen. And then he goes on to say so much. He said, greater love has no one than this. That he laid down his life for his friends. 
Would you lay down your life for me? I don't know. I don't know. See, as you begin taking seriously God's command of loving one another and caring for one another, then you become part of a winning team. As you begin taking seriously this command straight from the lips of Jesus Christ himself to love one another, then and only then can you become part of a successful and effective church. It's not going to happen without it, y'all. You've got to love one another. We have to love one another. There's a story that's told of two goats. And the two goats met each other on a very narrow ledge on the side of a mountain. Now that ledge was just wide enough for one goat to pass. And there they were, face to face. They couldn't back up because that was too dangerous. And they couldn't go around because the ledge was too narrow. Now, if the goats had no more sense than most humans, what would they have done? They'd have butted heads until one fell off. Amen? But that's not what happened here. Goats have a lot more sense than some people. Amen? So here these, here these goats are, head to head, on the side of a ledge, where only one goat can pass. So what do you think they did? One laid down so the other could walk over. We must have a willingness to lay down so that others can walk over. How hard it is for we human beings to humble ourselves for the good of other people. How hard it is for us to be least in the eyes of others for their good. Friend, are you willing to humble yourself so that someone else might be blessed in the walking over? Romans chapter 15 and verse 1, the Bible says, We who are strong ought to bear up with the weaknesses of the weak. Not to please ourselves, let each one of us please his neighbor for his good. Let each one of us please his neighbor to build him up. Because even Jesus Christ did not come. To please himself. So sincere love hates evil. Sincere love also honors others above ourselves. But I found here in verse 11 that sincere love also shows great enthusiasm. It shows great zeal for serving the Lord. Look there in verse 11. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Never be lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual enthusiasm. Serve the Lord with all you got. 
be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. You know, there is nothing you can do more to show God that you love him than to have a passion to live for him with all your heart. There is nothing you can do more to show God you love him than having a passion to serve him in the church. First Peter chapter 4 says so much. First Peter chapter 4 tells us that whatever gift you've been given from God, use it to serve other people. That way you're a good steward of God's grace. If you speak, then speak like you're speaking the words of God. If you're serving, then do it with the strength that God gives you. And here's the reason. So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. Do you get what Peter's saying? Do you get what Paul is saying here? They're saying whatever you do to serve, whether you're teaching or preaching or waiting on tables or cleaning or cooking or washing dishes, whatever you're doing, do it with the best you got. Do it with all that's in you. Do it with your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. We need to show some enthusiasm for serving God. We need to move certain things out of the way so that we can serve God. Having a zeal to serve the Lord. Now there are some people who persistently serve the Lord all their life. But there are some that have to be pushed to do anything. I wonder what is the difference between those two people? You got one that persistently serves all their life, and the other ones you got to push them and pull their teeth and kick them in the tail and everything to get them to serve. What's the difference between the two? The difference is their motivation. You see, there are some Christians who serve the Lord out of obligation. They think they have to. And so they come with a grudging heart, don't really want to be there. But they think they're obliged to do it, so they come and they do it. There are those that serve the Lord out of guilt. They think, well, I guess since Jesus died for me, i got to do it for him. But listen carefully. God wants you to serve in the church for only one reason. And that's if you love him. That's if you have a sincere love for him he doesn't want you here out of obligation and he doesn't want you here out of guilt he wants you here because you love him and you love his people so how can we know our love for God is real how can we know our love for God is sincere first of all you're going to hate evil second of all you're going to honor other people and third you're going to show a little bit of enthusiasm about serving the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. But finally today, we also find that love is sincere when we're sharing with others. Look there in verse 13. Distributing to the needs of the saints given to hospitality. 
Give into hospitality. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Someone once said, if you want to see how, ma how mean a man can get, then just go at him with an offering plate. Now, I've never done that, <laughs> but I do know that when it comes to a person's money, you're dealing with something that's very close to their heart. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said so much. He said, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. Rather, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Get this, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So, what's the rhetorical question that Jesus is asking you and I here today? He's asking you, is your treasure on earth or is your treasure in heaven? Where's your treasure? Let's face it. Some people treasure their treasures way too much. Amen? They think it's all about their treasure. And so some people hoard it. Some people save it. And some people don't want to share it. Those TV commercials on, uh, on some of these channels and on satellite crack me up when they try to sell me gold. They say, buy gold and buy it and put it in your safe and you can treasure it. But gold don't do anybody any good. Gold or money, either one, doesn't do anyone any good in this world just sitting in a safe or sitting in a bank. God intended that to be a tool. A tool to be used to bring Him glory. And I'm all about retirement and being prepared for the future. But a lot of people are just treasuring their treasures. The Associated Poll reported that the body of a man in Carson City, Nevada was found. And it was obvious that he had been there dead over a month. This man, by all descriptions, was a hermit, and he left about $200 in his bank account. And when they sold the home of Walter Samatsko Jr., they found something very surprising. They found gold bars and gold coins that were valued at over $7 million dollars. A reporter said, nobody had a clue that Walter had all this gold. It was everywhere. There was gold in boxes. There was gold in totes. It was all over the house. And when they completed their search, they also found that Walter had $165,000 in stocks in the walls of his living room. Over $12,000 in cash he had stashed. And he left no will and apparently had no close relatives. So he had all this money, all these tools, but he never used them and he never shared them. 
and the state got them. I read this quote, and it reminded me of Miss Francis. <laughs> Here it comes. I believe in giving flowers to the living. If you don't know, Miss Francis, when she visits, always brings flowers to the living. In other words, do your giving while you're living so you're knowing where it's going. If God has given you anything, it was given to you for his glory. So if he's given you $7 million in gold, use it for his glory. Whatever he's given you, whatever money he's given you, be quick to share it. Be quick to be a giver. For you see, God is the greatest giver there is. He's the greatest giver there is or ever will be, and he's trying to teach you and I something. He's trying to teach us that there is a unique relationship between giving and loving. For God so loved the world he gave. He gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Friend, today I ask you this question. Have you received what God has given you? During our invitation song, you're going to have an opportunity to receive what God has offered to you. But for you believers already, I ask you this. Is your love for God sincere? Is it the real deal? Or is it fake? Is it counterfeit? How do I know? Love hates evil. Love honors other people. Love shows a little bit of enthusiasm for serving God. Love shares with other people. Maybe you realize, like I realized, that I'm falling short in some of these areas. And I want my love to be real. So if there are any concerns today, any prayers, you come forward as we sing. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for First, loving us. And Lord, for not only telling us that you love us, but showing us, Lord, that you love us. For the love of God is demonstrated in that while we were still sinners, you sent your son, Jesus 